First Peter chapter 3 and verse 13. Peter tells us there is no reason to fear harm if we devote our lives to pleasing God. But even if we suffer for doing right, we have the joy and blessing of God. We are less likely to be intimidated by others. Yet we must give honor to God's anointed one, Jesus, and let him be the master of our lives. And we must always be ready to explain our faith and hope with respect and in a gentle manner. Verse 16. At this point, Peter uses a literary form that sometimes occurs in Scripture. I have diagrammed this form as a highly informative way of outlining the story of Joseph at the end of Genesis. If we have not yet done that outline, I am sure you will be impressed with how intricately the author put the story together. Now, many believe Moses authored Genesis, and I won't dispute that at all, but he probably used some verbal accounts that were handed down to him. The story of Joseph took place 400 years before Moses wrote Genesis, and it is an astonishing feat for those who did not write but passed down such accounts orally to use such a symmetrical outline absent paper and tools such as computers that would have aided the process. This form is called the chiasmus, which is an inverted parallel structure, Craig Keener tells us. First Peter 3.16 through chapter 4 verse 5 follow a chiastic framework with the first major idea being parallel to the last major idea. Similarly, the second major idea finds a commonality with the next-to-last point, and the progression continues throughout the text. In some cases, the parallels can be opposites instead of similarities. But regardless, the progression is stunning. At the middle, there is often the main point of the chiasmus. This sometimes is found in entire books of the Bible, as we saw in Revelation, where the middle chapter may unpack a central yet latent theme of the whole book. So let's look at chapter 3, verse 16, to chapter 4, verse 5 of First Peter, and observe the parallels at beginning and end, and where they lead us to at the middle. I will use Keener's words that help underscore the symmetry of the passage, taken from the IVP Bible Background Commentary, the New Testament, which Keener did author. Chapter 3, verse 16. Your slanderers will be ashamed. Compare that with chapter 4, verses 3 to 5, which can be summarized, your slanderers will be ashamed. Hmm. Then look at the second point at the top in 3.17. Suffer, though innocent, in God's will. And compare that with chapter 4, verse 1b through 2. Suffer in God's will. Do you see the parallels? Chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ suffered for the unjust. And in chapter 4, verse 1a, a parallel, for Christ suffered. 
chapter 3, verse 19, he triumphed over hostile spirits. Compare that with chapter 3, verse 22. Christ triumphed over hostile spirits. Again, very parallel. And then in the middle, chapter 3, verse 20, Noah was saved by water. And chapter 3, verse 21, the parallel is, you are saved through water. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture, isn't it? And it's quite a stunning kind of literary structure. So if you inter- insert a, each letter from A to E, and then reverse the process from E prime to A prime, you can see the structure even more clearly. As a result, the letter and words take the form of the Greek letter chi, which looks like our letter X. At least it's half of the chi. By the way, if you have ever studied the brain, the optic tract from each eye meets in the middle of the brain in what is called the optic chiasma. This is why we have three-dimensional vision, or depth vision. After the two images come together in the chiasma, they go back to the rear of the brain for the left and right visual fields. The net result is like having a big chiasma or an X arrangement of optic tracks, with the crossover at the intersection of the X, and that's called the optic chiasma. Check it out in any psychology or neuroanatomy textbook. This is Brother Don.